The whole world listened to the new president as he spoke to it. On that same day, that world was closed off to me, and it felt like it was closing in. I was arrested in the early morning hours of Tuesday, December 9th, 2008. I didn't anticipate it or expect it. I had no idea it was coming. It came out of nowhere, a nightmare that was hard enough to live through as it happened and, quite frankly, is hard to relive now. I went to bed the night before feeling good about things. I had just put in a long and productive day. Early Monday morning over the phone, I had informed my chief of staff that I had selected my first choice to be the next U.S. Senator from Illinois, filling the vacancy left by President-elect Barack Obama. I directed him to reach out to the parties involved and see if we could work out the deal. A deal that, if it happened, would do great things for the people of Illinois. That Monday morning started, as did most weekday mornings, with a call probably between 7 and 8 in the morning to my personal assistant, Mary Stewart, to track down John Harris, my chief of staff. I'd routinely call him the first thing in the morning to talk about things and to give him direction. He would update me on things I was interested in and fill me in on what he was hearing. Prior to joining me as my chief of staff at the end of my first term, John worked for Chicago Mayor Richard M. Daley. He served in a lot of big roles for the city of Chicago, the Chicago Police Department, and O'Hare Airport. The son of Greek immigrants and a product of Chicago public schools, he and I shared similar life experiences and similar values. Like my older brother, Rob, John was an officer in the United States Army. He was a prosecutor in the Judge Advocate General's office, and his style and habits remind me of a disciplined, organized military man. An early riser, he was someone you could always find when the day started. Where most of my top staff called me Governor or Rod, he addressed me as Sir. This is not to suggest that he was in any way obsequious or a sycophant. Just the opposite is true. As a contemporary, with years of experience in administering government, including directing big government budgets, he oversaw the operations of state government. I had a great deal of respect for his experience, and I counted on him to make sure my administration operated effectively, honestly, and always within the rules. I relied on him to tell me what we could and could not do. As I recall, that Monday morning, I directed him to work out the details regarding my first choice for the next U.S. Senator from Illinois and see if we can get it done. He briefed me on some of the conversations he recently had with other involved parties. I explained my aim and how I preferred it done. We then had a game plan to appoint a United States Senator, and even though neither one of us liked my choice, he was going to work to execute it. I went to bed that night sometime after 11 p.m. in good spirits. My plan was to get up the next morning at 6 a.m. and go for a morning run. Like a lot of long-distance runners who plan for an early morning run, especially in the cold and darkness of winter, it helps psychologically to lay out the running clothes you plan to wear the night before. Getting up and quickly getting into those winter running clothes is a good first step to get out the door, out on the street, and out on your run. I generally run six and a half to eight and a half miles three to four times a week. But sometimes, when you're the governor, things come up and the run suddenly has to take a backseat to more pressing business or to the intervention of circumstances beyond your control that consequently require your immediate attention. My plan for December 9th was to run in the morning. As it turned out, I never got it in. The alarm clock went off promptly at 6 a.m. As my wife Patty hit the off button, 
I moaned to her five more minutes and went back to sleep. Before the five minutes were up, the telephone rang. It's not a good sign, generally speaking, when the telephone rings at six o'clock in the morning. As I reached to pick up the phone, thoughts started crossing through my mind. What happened? Did somebody die? Was a loved one or friend in an accident? Did a storm, a flood, or tornado hit? Did a bridge collapse? Was a state trooper killed in the line of duty? When the phone rings that early in the morning, your life experience instinctively prepares you to brace yourself for bad news. But never, not in my wildest dreams, did I expect what I heard when I answered the phone that morning. In a sleepy haze, I picked up the phone. The guy on the other end of the line identified himself as Agent Grant of the FBI. He said he was in front of my home, armed with a warrant for my arrest. At first, I wasn't sure I had heard him right. When he repeated the purpose of his mission, I asked him...